0: Well, hey everyone athena dean holtz here and welcome to the all things podcast where we gather once a week to hear real life stories about how god works all things together for good because he is always faithful and always good welcome to the all things podcast i am super excited to introduce you today to karen black mercer And you're going to hear about her book only if God says so. And let me just say, this is a powerful conversation that you are not going to want to miss. So let me go ahead and give her a proper introduction and then we will go right to it. For 54 years, Karen Black Mercer has been a warrior against abortion starting in the late 60s to prevent abortion on demand. She has worked with crisis pregnancy centers, done post-abortion counseling, opened a maternity home and joined Operation Rescue. She has been pushed, spit on, handcuffed, beaten, injured by nunchucks, shackled, arrested 24 times, written up 63 times for injunction violations and received a Mafia death threat. It was as a sidewalk counselor, however, that Karen learned her compassionate, women-centered approach to encouraging women to choose life over abortion, which resulted in over 9,000 women choosing life and has earned her national recognition as the Billy Graham of Sidewalk Counseling. She's also earned the Power of One Award from the Georgia Family Council. Karen holds a doctoral in Clinical Christian Counseling. And in addition to her two children, she has a stepdaughter and a total of 10 grandchildren. She lives in the Midwest with her husband, Steve, who just Buckle up for this interview. It is going to blow your mind. All right, let's roll that conversation. Well, Karen, it is such a delight to have you on the All Things Podcast today. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule and welcome to the All Things Podcast. Well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. You bet. So before we jump into your book, Only If God Says So, I would love for our listeners to just hear one of the many Romans eight twenty eight stories that you have experienced God working all things together for good in your life. So let's just start
1: there. Okay. Well, um, my book had to be greatly reduced because it was full of all of those eight uh, um, Romans eight twenty eight verses. Um, but I thought, you know, sometimes we look for the outlandish and the scary and the big and the huge circumstances, mm-hmm. but sometimes I think we need to really look for the little things, for the kind of the fly in the ointment type things, because. God's in those as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, one story that I shared in the book was um, I was at an abortion clinic and it was raining and um, I was soaked from head to toe. And one thing I cannot stand is wet feet. And there was a uh, lull in the uh, traffic and the girls arriving. So I uh, grabbed a pair of dry socks from the car and I got in the car and drove a couple miles down to McDonald's because I already knew that they had some of the most powerful hand uh, dryers in town. And so I went in there and held my shoes up to the uh, to the dryers in the ladies room. And all of a sudden, uh, two of the doors uh, to the stalls opened up and there were two young uh, ladies that got out and I was soaked from head to toe, mascara all over And they said, how did, you know, how come you're so wet? So I told them that I had been at the abortion clinic on Spring Street at Surgery Center. And um, I was what I was doing there. And I saw the two girls give each other a look. They exchanged looks. And I knew, I already knew that one of them was there for an abortion at the different abortion clinic right behind McDonald's, where I had no intention of going that day. Wow. And so I just spoke to them. I could tell which one was uh, going for the abortion, and I encouraged her to choose a life instead. She gave me a big hug. She gave me her name and address, telephone number, for me to stay in touch with her. And she she left, and I went back to the other uh, clinic uh, back at Surgery Center. I was not going to go to Feminist Women's Health Center that day. That. That was not on my radar. That was not on my plans. But God used a little thing like an annoyance, really, not a great big terrible thing, but an annoyance. Wet feet. I was chilled, and mm-hmm. sent me over to McDonald's where I was able to talk a young lady out of an abortion. I would have never have been there if I didn't have wet feet that day. And so it's just one little thing. Um, it's not a earth shaking thing for me, but it certainly was for her. And yeah.
0: And And the baby.
1: I think we need need to look uh, for the little things as well, that because the Lord is always about working all things together for good.
0: Mm, I love that. Yes, that will go because it's true. We think you know it's unless it's some outlandish, horrible thing that it's not. You know, unless it has to be sensational to be powerful, and that. I mean you well you changed her life but what about the baby that was absolutely. born instead of
1: being murdered right absolutely wow. and we can't you know uh and, and i think satan is in those little annoyances all day long too it's just those gnats those things that discourage us and weigh us down and and wear us out and but you know what? He can't outdo God. No, no matter what he does, whether it's the big things or the little things, and God turned wet feet into a child being saved and a mother's life being transformed. Wow! So I just right. encourage us look for the little things as well.
0: I love that. Thank you so much for that. So okay, we're gonna just jump right in talk about your story and your book over the years. I just have to ask you, have you ever feared for your life as a result of your work in the pro-life movement?
1: Absolutely. Uh, Especially when I'm down at the sidewalk, sidewalk counseling. So that answer to that would be yes, daily when I was out there. Um, Usually there would be six to eight clinic escorts and they would push and shove and spit and Pushed me into oncoming traffic. And then they would tell me. That they were going to come home. At night. And kill me in my sleep. And things like that. And and then of course. I I share in my book. That I got a mafia death threat. uh, An official mafia death threat. Because I wasn't even thinking about it. But apparently I was costing. uh, The clinic a lot of money. uh, Because so many girls were choosing life. And leaving. And um, by the time I got that. Mafia death threat, the Lord had uh, won the hearts of the police on my behalf. They stopped arresting me. Instead, they would drive in in the mornings and they would have their squad cars full of baby furniture and baby clothes. And they would unload their squad cars and put all their things in in my car. And I got to know their wives and their mothers and their mother-in-laws. And uh, so they begged me not to go back out. They were afraid for my life after the Mafia death threat. And they said, you know, we can't keep you alive. But there's one thing I learned. Uh, God can do anything. Yeah. And every time my life was threatened, I would say, <clears throat> only if God says so. I mean, mm-hmm. he's God. He's the great I am. He's the creator of the universe. And after a while, the escorts there would threaten me. And then they would say, oh, we know only if God says so. And so they started saying it back to me. So that's why I entitled the book Only If God Says So. Mm. Because that's what it comes down to. You know, yeah. he is yeah. still in control no matter what it looks like. Amen. Yeah. And
0: the enemy would love for us to uh, respond in fear and back yeah. down. Sure. But you, I mean, you know what? God's sovereign. And if God says so, I'm going to heaven. Yeah, so I got nothing to
1: fear. That's right. That's what I told the uh, the gentleman that uh, threatened my life. I said, you know what? You can't threaten me with heaven. I mean, what kind of threat is that? You know? Yeah. And um, so, but God used all of those experiences, Athena, uh, to work fear out of me because mm-hmm. I was an extremely fearful child. And I share that in the book, The Process that he used from uh, bringing me to a place. I was afraid of everything and everybody. Mm. And he put me in the middle of a bad neighborhood in the dark to to talk to people I didn't want to talk to that didn't want to talk to me. And I never even got a traffic ticket and to end up in jail 24 times. I mean, my whole world got turned upside down and I had to learn real fast. He is in control, no matter what it looks like. And he Mm. never failed me, ever. Amen. So were there times that you
0: felt overwhelmed by the enormity? I mean, that was a huge calling for yeah. God to call you into starting that whole sidewalk counseling ministry. It must have been overwhelming.
1: It, it was, uh, a- absolutely. Um, and and I think what made it, I, I realized he had given me a life and death assignment, uh, you know. <laughs> I would go yeah. out there, I would get up 3:15 every morning to go out there. I would be out there all day, all not I mean they just constantly. And I think what made it feel especially overwhelming is on days like Saturdays when 70 to 75 cars would pull in with girls and to watch them just streaming down the sidewalk and going in and realizing that they're in Atlanta at that time the same thing was happening at the same moment to 13 other clinics in the same city, in every city, in the nation and around the world. and And sometimes I would feel like, uh, oh, like I was just trying to put out a forest firewood squirt uh, gun. And, 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 and I felt very insignificant and small and incapable. But I always, you know, clung to the verse, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Yeah. And I w- I had gone from being overwhelmed at the situation when I'm particularly there by myself. And then again, there'd be six, to seven, eight clinic escorts pushing and shoving. And yet, in spite of that, babies would get saved. So it would, mm. it would change me to realize, hey, <laughs> he did that, not me. And you go from being overwhelmed at the job to being overwhelmed at him and his power. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. So
0: then what would you consider to be your crowning achievement as a pro-life activist?
1: Um, I, I, I think that I would have to say when I received the Power of One Award. And again, that's because I am very shy I uh, am quiet. I'm an introvert. I was just fine standing out in the dark because nobody could see me. (laughs) And I I don't like to be the center of attention. I don't, uh, I'm afraid of people, all of that. And uh, it was hard for me when uh, word started getting out uh, that my method of sidewalk counseling was uh, resulting in thousands of babies being saved. And I thought I was gonna die on the spot when they asked me to start uh, sharing that uh, all over the nation, in, in, uh, uh, in Europe, and in Africa, and in India, and in, uh, all of those places. But it's, um, it, it brought something home to me the night that I got, received that award, because there was a gentleman, actually he was a pastor, that had stopped on the street, put his finger in my face, said that I needed to stop doing what I was doing. And he said, besides, you're only one lousy woman. Just wow. what do you think you could ever accomplish? And and he was right. I was just one person. And so feeling that made me realize that's what makes you cling to the Lord. Mm-hmm. I had you know, I had a, a few other sidewalk counselors that would join me, but um, I am so incapable of any of that on my own. It just encourages me to realize when I receive the power of one award, it was his power it was his enabling it was his equipping he is the one the power the one yeah So, well um, i love i love that the enemy just tried
0: to intimidate you by saying you're only one and yeah. then god gives you an
1: award for that <laughs> right 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 <laughs> i love that yeah he, he he did all kinds of things like that one, one time i was standing out there another pastor told me I needed to quit doing what I'm doing. He had brought his daughter for an abortion. And um, I was getting so upset, you know, and I was frustrated and I kicked the telephone pole and I said, Lord, you know, uh, why don't you send Billy Graham out here? And, um, you know, he's right. He said the same thing. I'm a nobody. And um, I said, he's right. Send Billy Graham. And I felt the Lord say, "Um, no, I want to use you. And I'll make you Billy Graham. And I'll tell the world. And I said, yeah, right. And I kicked the telephone pole again. <laughs> and I never told anybody about that. And then uh, a year or so later, I was invited to speak at a huge cathedral. And um, the uh, BBC was there. All the television networks were there. And I was introduced as uh, Karen Black, the Billy Graham of Sidewalk Counseling. <laughs> so the one- Lord. Love- I know. So the Lord took again what another person had said to uh, in, to, to intimidate and discourage me, and, yeah. and turn it around. Wow! And um, so, it, you know, He never fails to encourage me where where I need it. And yeah. um, because of who I am, because I truly believe that I am personally I'm ill-equipped, totally ill-equipped, that He gets all the honor and glory. Yes. Because I know he's going to do it because he has been doing it. He did do it and he will continue to do it. I I know. I have no doubt about that. Yeah.
0: So for readers who might have a loved one who is considering abortion,
1: what insights will your book give them? Well, I shared a lot of stories, the ones that I chose on purpose that would show them, uh, you know, if you're in yourself in this situation, trying to encourage someone to choose life. You know, this is how, this is how it went. This is how it goes. And typically what I encourage uh, people, pro-lifers uh, to say, you need to start thinking pro-choice because what we do typically, yes, we care about the women, but our minds go right away to the baby. And I'm always saying, if you want to talk, if you want to save the life of a child, an unborn child. Do not talk about that baby. Don't do it. If she is already at an abortion clinic or or really leaning toward an abortion, she has spent weeks perhaps weighing the consequences, baby or me, baby or me. And if she is that seriously considering an abortion, she's already thought she's put herself first. Baby's lost out on that. And <clears throat> doing uh, years of post-abortion counseling, women would tell me, once they made that decision to have the abortion, they would not allow themselves to look at, think about, talk about a baby. Mm. And uh, it, they, you could be talking to them, even a pastor in the study, and he talks about the baby. She may sit there, but she's, he, she, he's lost her completely. And I have found out there are exceptions to it. There are some women that really do not want these abortions and they're in horrible situations and circumstances. But the majority of them will admit that it was self-centered, selfish reasons that they chose the abortion. And I have found out my own experience with them. They will only choose life when they find out that the abortion is not in their best interest. Right, That they could be harmed physically, mentally, emotionally. And you are looking at and talking to a woman, not a child. It's If you can't reach her, you, you don't have any chance to save the life of the baby. So right. I always say, think pro-choice because that's what she's doing. Uh, think right. pro-woman because that's who you're talking to. And also, uh, don't mention adoption. They mm-hmm. hate that. Mm. And um, I've had women going in, and I've heard someone say, "You can, you know, uh, choose adoption." And I've seen them say, "What kind of woman do you think I am that I would give my baby away?" But we're thinking, "What kind of woman are you that you go in to kill it?" Because we're thinking pro life. She's thinking pro choice. Right. So um, so
0: profound because yes. we always talk about the baby we never right. talk about the post-traumatic stress or right. post-abortion syndrome same same right uh and and just the trauma that she's gonna put right. herself through right and and some of the dangers just of the procedure it's just physically right. then sure. there's the emotional and the mental health piece
1: mm-hmm.
0: that is that is so yeah. profound just yeah. say i mean i've I had an abortion when I was 18 mm-hmm. because my dad forced me to, but all these years that I've talked about the why you would want to not do that, mm-hmm. um,
1: yeah. it just
0: seems like everybody always goes to the baby and that's yeah.
1: not, that's not, you're yeah. not speaking to them. Right. And, and, it, and it's, and I understand it. I understand it completely, but I think all of my years of post-abortion counseling helped teach me that, Yeah. um, because there would be women just, you know, rocking, holding their abdomen, rocking and wailing and wailing and wailing. And, wailing, and they would, they would dismiss themselves long enough to go and vomit and come back to more wailing. And I wanted to do everything I could to keep uh, women from experiencing that. Yeah. And, um, and, and of course, I cared about the baby, and, uh, but I, and you can't, you're can't, you not counseling the baby. They would never choose abortion if they could right. understand it. And so um, I think we genu- genuinely need to, to care about these women if we want to reach uh, them and, sa- and save the lives of the children. Because when the child is spared and the mother is spared of a, a lifetime of regret, mm. so we, ne- we need oh. to care about both of them. So true.
0: So what do you say to people who believe that a woman should be able to choose an abortion if, let's say, the pregnancy was a result of rape or incest?
1: Well, that's a a common uh, misconception. I think people are trying to be kind. They're trying to be generous. They're trying to be compassionate. But they don't understand the psyche of a a woman, and especially a woman that has been raped or conceived through a Incest. They are the absolute worst candidate for uh, an abortion. They have been violated uh, already through the, the rape. Uh, usually they go into the abortion very quickly. They don't give themselves time to uh, uh, think uh, or settle down. They're scared. They go in saying, I got to get rid of his kid. They come out crying mm. and saying, I killed my baby. Mm. And uh, they women's uh, psyche is very strong, but also very fragile. Uh, maternal instincts are powerful, and abortion will violate maternal instincts. Um, I've had a lot of women um, that said that they felt uh, further violated by the abortion, especially if if it was a male abortionist performing the abortion. Just the procedure itself made them feel uh, physically. Sexually violated again, and then they would say that uh, many of them in post-abortion counseling would say, "You know what? He was horrible. He was a terrible, violent person. He raped me, but uh, he—I'm he, worse than him. I'm a murderer." Mm. And they have a hard time forgiving themselves. They start to realize the baby was innocent. Right. Um, the baby is being punished for the father's wrong. But women that have chosen to Uh, keep their children or place them lovingly uh, with someone else, they feel victorious over the rapist. They have taken a terrible situation and they have turned it into something beautiful. So they feel better. Those Mm -hmm. women heal from the the rape experience. Right. And if they keep the child, uh, that, you know, that beautiful little child with his arms wrapped around their neck saying, I love you, mommy, they -hmm. forget the rape. Yep. And yep. and uh, the women that have the abortion instead, they're left with empty arms and broken hearts and uh, fear and uh, the violence that was perpetrated on them. And these women just do not um, heal well right. from those abortions. Wow. Okay.
0: Well, as we wrap this up, where I am curious, where you think the overturning of Roe versus Wade will lead?
1: Well, I thought from the very beginning it was going to lead to all-out war, actually, and and, and it's starting. Um, and you know, we got to remember that we wrestle not with flesh and blood; they may be in our faces and screaming and yelling, but it is principalities and powers of the air. Satan cannot allow this to be able to stop. There's no way he can't. Um, Feminist Women's Health Center in um, Atlanta is an abortion clinic that is run by a witch's Coven mm-hmm. And they were out there crying one day saying, don't you understand we need the baby's blood? Um, I don't know that a lot of people really understand how demonic this is. Uh, mm-hmm. If you go to an abortion clinic, you will realize very quickly you are at uh, an altar of veil. And uh, the atmosphere is charged with evil. And, um, and it's very sad. Um, what is happening in there is judgment. God cannot overlook this. He he absolutely right. cannot overlook this, but yeah. scripture says that uh, judgment comes to the household of faith first. And this has always been a point that has been, it's so disturbing for me because as I share in my book, uh, so many Christians bringing uh, their daughters, their wives in for abortions, uh, uh, one woman uh, told me, she said, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. She said, I know that it's murder. I know that it's a baby. I know it feels pain, but ain't it wonderful? God forgives everything. Mm-hmm. And that has been a prevailing uh, attitude there. Um, God can't overlook that he is a God of love and mercy and grace, but he also, we f- cannot forget he's holy.
0: Mm-hmm. And there has
1: to come uh, an accounting for this. Um, One of the quotes that I think has been put on Facebook already from my book is that I I believe that we're about ready to find out that it's going to be illegal to be a Christian in our country very, very quickly. And we have a lot of decisions to make. And I think that uh, the church is going to go through a sifting, a a great sifting. And as I said, I think the sifting is going to uh, show us, uh, you know, we're going to find out, separate out the believers from the non-believers from the make-believers. Yep. And we're going to have to decide what, what are we going to do? You know, mm. uh, compromise has been something that, that has been happening with the abortion issue all these years. Yeah. And um, compromise to me is scripture lukewarmness. And he said he, he hates that. He will spew us out of his mouth. But God prefers mercy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh he, he wants to, I would love to see all these women restored and love to the wholeness that the Lord wants for them. And, um, and the ones that stand on our face and yell, we've been able to lead at least seven of them to the Lord there at, at Surgy Center in Atlanta. Um, people are hurting everywhere, everywhere. Yeah. And it's not just the abortion issue. It's, it's a, uh, our society we've we've turned away from our biblical foundation. Yeah. We're on very very shaky ground. But our God still reigns. <laughs> uh, amen. He is still sovereign. That's but he right. is just and he's That's right. That's right. He remembers that we're made of dust and he is merciful. But again, he has got to be true to himself and um there there has to come an awakening at some point.
0: Yeah. Okay. So if we've got some people listening today and they would like to connect with you on social media, online, whatever, what's the best place for them to find you?
1: Um. Actually, right now it will be my Facebook page, which would be Karen Black Mercer. And um, eventually, very shortly, a website should be up, which would be com. Awesome. And um, anybody wants to email me as well, they can go to info at only if God says
0: Wonderful. Thank you so, so thank much for you. being with us today. You are um, an inspiration and um, thank you for just uh, not backing down mm-hmm. on God's call. Mm. you you know as unlikely and afraid and you know all the things i mean god doesn't call the you know people that are all equipped he equips those he That's calls right he That's did right. that for you and he did yeah so thank you for all he that you've did. done for life and for women and children and um just may god continue to bless your ministry through the book that will um, just recount an amazing God that we serve. Amen. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Well, thanks so much for joining us today for the all things podcast brought to you by Romans 828 bookstore and redemption press. If today's episode encouraged you, we would love to have you share it with your friends on social media and maybe even leave a review on Apple. That will help the algorithms get us up higher to the top when people are searching for podcasts that can bring them hope and encouragement. So thanks again for joining us today. And I look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye for now.